The Fantasy Six-Pack Hour With your hosts Joe Bob Ah, you're awful And A.J. Appleton It's Sin Shoo Sin Shoo Chew It's a mouthful All right, welcome back to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, content manager of So Called Fantasy Experts and founder of FantasySixPack.net. My co-host is on the line. What's going on, man? Hey, what's up, dude? How are you? Uh, you know, getting by, getting by. Can't complain too bad, I guess. But uh, always good. Yeah, so I uh, bit the bullet over this past weekend and bought the not quite the ultimate family car. I didn't didn't do the van, but did the uh did the three row SUV, man. Had to had to do it. You know, second kid and got the got the grandma here helping out, so she's always riding around with us. So needed the third row. Sigh, we're old. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that, man. Nothing wrong with that. It happens. You gotta be uh you gotta make it convenient for, for everybody involved. I know. It's one of those things though, you know, grow up and you're like, I'm never gonna get a van, I'm never gonna do this and Nah. Throw that all out the window. It doesn't matter. <laughs> nothing you can do. So anyway, uh, this week this week we've got, you know, our normal week 10 recap slash headlines, and then we'll get into some injuries, some waiver wire, free agent pickups, and then do our final week 11 best game, worst game, sleeper and bust. Um, I guess the everybody's probably realized that we, we weren't here last week, and I just kind of needed to clear my head and... Big reason for that is, so yeah, Trump won, huh? And that's all I'm gonna say. So we're gonna move on. So <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting into it. So <laughs> anyway, no point now. It's nothing no, we can do. No, no, yeah, I, yeah, I'm done. Can't I'm, it's it. not the show. It's not the place. It's it's whatever. Anyway, uh, so. Week 10 recap slash some headlines that have come out since then. Probably one of the, the biggest bombs since week 10 ended is Alshon Jeffrey, wide receiver, Chicago Bears, been kind of a, a disappointment overall this year. He was suspended for performance-enhancing drugs. And he claims it was he took a, a substance to help with inflammation and it was recommended to him and he didn't check all the ingredients and he apologized and all this kind of stuff. And I don't know. I mean, I guess benefit of the doubt, even if even if he did it on accident, like, you know, time and time, this happens so often. Like, I don't know why people wouldn't just go check all the ingredients, but so he suspended four games, won't come back until week 15 at the earliest at this point. 
I mean, what do you think? Is this guy droppable in most leagues now? I mean, he's coming back for the playoff run if you can hang on to him. Is it worth it, though? Uh, I mean, I think it depends on your your standing um, in your leagues. And if you're pretty much locked into the playoffs, I think, and you have the space, you know, barring any major injury, I, I do think he is keepable for now. Um, but, I, I mean, I, I don't know, though. I mean, I'm not that excited about him to begin with. The guy hasn't done anything all year long, you know, yeah. aside from a couple of games. and He's only scored you know, one touchdown. Yeah, and he just got it, like, what, two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Yep. So, and then last I, week he I'm, put up a big stinker with Cutler, of course, throwing – and fumbling the entire yeah. game away. I, so I don't can't, even, can't I don't put even that. I can't put Cutler about last week. Yeah. No. Can't you, put that on Alshon, um, but that affects him. Like that affects his fantasy value. So you have to consider that when you're when you're playing him or thinking about keeping him. So like, like yeah. in my situation, so you're saying like it's team dependent. So like in my situation in our league, you know, I'm back to 500 after my horrendous start, and I'm just on the playoff line right now. And I've got Alshon, you know, but we've got what? Five, six bench spots. I mean, and you've seen our waiver yeah, wire. Not, not There's a lot. really nothing there. So at this point, like true. I hung on to him this week. Now, if somebody comes around next week and it's like the big ad. Um, now I ended up getting Cameron Meredith because I had a, a backup tight end for last week. Um, so yeah. I kind of lucked out there. Maybe we'll see, but wow. you know, in my situation, like I held on to him, but I could see plenty of teams where they're just like, not nah, peace, like not even worth it. So yeah, I, but I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, if I if I owned him, I would probably, I would probably keep him this week as well, and then just kind of go from there and just see how it pans out. Cause I mean, we're really only looking at after this week, two more regular season weeks. So, I mean, if you can, if you can manage it, like I said, I think his talent is there. I mean, it's the timing is bad, but when is timing ever good? And, you know, I, I just don't understand why these athletes who know that you have these parameters set forth every year, like why they don't do their due diligence more. And maybe the majority of them do. And, you know, the only ones we hear about obviously are the ones who don't, but it's like uh, Carlos Ruiz the other year had, you know, he got suspended for games because of, something and then Chris Davis gets suspended for Adderall or whatever it was and it's Mm -hmm. like come on man I mean what what are you doing like why can't you figure this out that you have these rules set forth and you need to pay attention to them if you're going to be on some kind of medication talk to your damn doctor and get it figured out like yeah like if you're not not really trying to cheat like just make sure you're not cheating Right, like well, this exactly. isn't this isn't difficult. <laughs> like if you're trying to but be honest about thing. it, there's it's like, obviously if it's just inflammation for uh, it probably it, it, 
I imagine it has to be for his hamstring because I think that was what was bothering yeah. him early in the year. And uh, so if you're but really trying to take it's something like... for inflammation, there has to be something else out there that doesn't have the ingredient that's going to get you busted. But Well, yeah, and, and you got to figure out, like, I mean, maybe the rules are skewed so badly that it's like, almost anything can be considered performance enhancing. Like hell, when I was playing broom ball, I took a couple Advil before because I had back pain and it's like, Oh, Hey, my back feels better. Hey, guess what? I can play a little better because I'm not worried about my back, but you know, it's like, it's just, it's ridiculous. The whole thing is ridiculous. Like, especially when the guy hasn't been performing for squat all season, again, not necessarily fully his fault, but, you know, yeah, he, he's a talented, he's a talented player. He should be able to put up numbers. So, so when he comes back though, so week 15 and 16, he gets the Packers and then the Redskins, not exactly shut down defenses. So like, again, going back to this, I think if you can hang on to him, I would, um, you know, it's a shame that he'll miss a good other stretch where he gets Tennessee, San Fran, and Detroit. I mean, I was really looking forward to getting those. Um, the second yeah. half of the schedule for Chicago is pretty nice up until week 17 when they face Minnesota. But, hey, Minnesota is not quite what we thought they were, apparently. So that could have been a good game, too, if you have to use him in week 17. Um, yeah. Minnesota? You know, Min- what? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, Minahu. Right. So, you know, obviously the big pickups here and the guys that are going to get the most benefit out of him missing time is Cam Meredith and Eddie Royal. You know, Eddie Royal has kind of returned from his injury. Um, Cam Meredith disappeared once Cutler came back, as we all kind of expected. And, but now I think he's going to be forced to throw him the ball, Cutler, that is. So, you know, Cam Meredith is the, the popular, you know, big upside pickup. You feeling Cam Meredith? You know, you feeling a Royal, you know, these next couple of weeks? What What's going on here? Um, I, I kind of like Royal better, mildly, just based on track record. I mean, Meredith had a couple nice games with Hoyer, but – you know, then, then he fell off and I I just, I don't know. I don't know if he's more of a flash in the pan type of guy or what. I mean, I I think honestly, Zach Miller is the the best, um, you know, best option to benefit from this, but we'll see if, if he can put something together too. Um, I mean, Cutler's got to be better bottom line. It doesn't matter, you know, who these receivers are that you're plugging in it starts with Cutler and if he's going to play like complete dog crap, then I don't want any of them. Yes, that's true. Yes. Very, very, very true. I was, I was very mad at Jay Cutler this weekend. Uh, As were you. So, (laughs) um, although I don't think there's anything you could have done about it or I did about it because both of our opponents on the teams that we, we streamed Jay Cutler scored about a buck 60 and plus. So that would have been pretty yeah, tough no. regardless. So it wouldn't have mattered, but it still pisses me off to see Jay Cutler do what he did against one of the easiest defenses for you know to go against for quarterbacks. 
Anyway, man, moving on. Um, other headline for the weekend in this one shocked me even more than the Alshon Jeffrey news. Christine Michael got cut. Just straight up waved Christine Michael. Um, obviously, this means that Thomas Rawls is back and he's going to play and they expect him to have a pretty large role immediately. Um, it also means that they like C.J. Proceis a lot more, and he played very, very well against New England on Sunday night. So, obviously, these two are going to be, you know, going to share the the majority of the workload. Are you, are you plugging in Rawls this week if if you have him or if you held on to him? I I want to see how how his practices go, but, but even still, he'd be a dicey flex play for me uh, this week. I, I just, I don't like running backs against the Eagles defense. Um, you know, they've been pretty decent overall. So I, I don't necessarily love either of these guys. I'm, I'm mad at Procise from last week too. Thanks Richard. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I, I think, you know, ProSize has really turned it on, though. I mean, uh, from a fantasy standpoint and, you know, somebody who doesn't own him, he, he was definitely a hot pickup this week regardless of, of this news. Um, so I, I think uh, I think after this week, these guys are, are probably going to split carries. I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, I would assume that it's going to go right back to Rawls, but I, I don't think that he's just going to automatically be the starter and then get, you know, 90% of the carries. So I think both are worth looking into. Um, I doubt ProSize is available in your leagues at this point. Uh, I'm not sure what his ownership's up to now, but, um, it's gotta be you know, I, I think – yeah, I think it's it's probably, you know, at its peak of the year. Um, yeah, I mean, so. it's a, yeah, it went up. It went up about forty percent over the weekend. So, it's up to sixty percent. But you know, you gotta think about that's ESPN. You gotta think about the leagues that just aren't paying attention at this point. But yeah, I don't know. I I like um, I I like both Rawls and ProSize. You know, this week's tough. I I agree with you. The Eagles defense has. Has has really shown up this year, and they've been able to especially stop the run. Um, I, I think I think it's going to be a bit of a, a a bit of a committee, and but you know they, they're both going to have enough value going forward, especially in today's NFL. You know, it, there's not enough bell cow backs out there for everybody's team to have one or two. So you got to roll with these guys in committee and just get the best you can. And process is going to get the stuff out of the backfield. And, uh, and you know, pass catching out of the backfield. And Rawls, I think, is going to run between the tackles. You know, that's what he's going to be better at right now. So I think they're both usable, um, especially the rest of the season. You know, but this week, I think they'll, they'll both be fine too. But, um, you know, real quick, later on, later or, well later this afternoon i guess i should say earlier this afternoon <laughs> they the packers picked up christy michael off of waivers 
Anything there? Ignore. Um, I I didn't even see that news, but it, it, it doesn't really out like surprise me. Yeah, no, it doesn't I mean, surprise me one bit. They don't have a running back. I mean, James Stark. I know. Really? I, I mean, I, I I think it's a nice move for them, but um, is he going to end up getting in and playing this week? No, probably not. No, definitely not. Uh, we saw we saw that happen with uh, Niall Davis, and I mean, we saw what happened to him. He he was there for what? three, maybe four weeks at most, and then they cut him loose. So, you know, Christy Michael is just, he he's just like kryptonite to teams. I don't know why. I mean, he, he's, he was playing decently. He was, um, first, you know, he was, last he was worth starting. So I, I just, I, I don't know if, if there's something underlying that he fell out of favor there or, or, you know, they knew that Rawls was coming back and, you know, they, they realized that he was expendable or what, but um, it, it'll be interesting. I, I think maybe next week um, we'll be able to see if, if anything comes of him with Green Bay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really banking on him to do much there. Green Bay is a tough offense to pick up, as we've seen. Uh, I think he's got more talent than Niall Davis. So the potential is there due to that, but I mean, he really started slowing down there the last couple of weeks in Seattle, and that's why you saw more CJ Procise, and they were ready to cut ties. Like you know, you don't cut a guy that's good just to cut a guy. Um, yeah, you know. So I'm not I'm not worried one bit about Christine Michael. Some other headlines: um, Tony Romo is the official backup, maybe. Uh, I think I kind of ex- – I, I half expected this. I think a lot of the industry and people that just follow the NFL in general were kind of split on this. Uh, I think it's a great decision. I mean, I, I think it's really hard to bench a guy that just that just took you to 9-1. and one. Or, yeah, 8-1. Yeah. and one. Anyway. They, that's, yeah, they'd that's be – That's tough to do. I don't like the Cowboys. I know you don't like the Cowboys. No. They'd be – very, very silly to bench him now. The guy, give the guy a chance. I mean, he's he's clearly proven enough right now to get you eight straight wins. So uh, you know, keep rolling with him. You know, Romo, he can't do it in the playoffs anyways. He's always falling flat there. So you know, he he's a good quarterback, um, but. I I have no problem keeping with what works. Yeah, I, I, as a Redskins fan, I wish they would go back to Romo because Romo always somehow likes to choke against the NFC East teams. So I would love it, but they're not going to apparently. So we shall <laughs> see. Um, next next bit of news here is the Rams. Finally got a brain and decided to bench. Um, why am I blanking on his name? Case Keenum. quarterback Case Keenum, and they are starting Jared Goff. Um, although maybe not though. I mean, I don't know. This is a, li- a little weird. I mean, a week and a half, two weeks ago, they were saying this guy wasn't even ready to play, and now all of a sudden he is. I mean, I guess it's whatever. They're out of it. Not officially, but they're out of it. 
and they're just going to yeah. let see what golf has to, you know has to offer. But man, as a Kenny Britt owner, Tavon Austin owner, even a Todd Gurley owner, I mean, this has got to just get now worse for Todd Gurley, right? I mean, they were already stacking the box. Now they're going to stack it even more. I feel like if they possibly can. Um, what do you what are you doing with these guys? I mean, you're not cutting Gurley, but are you benching him at this point? Um, maybe not this week with the various buys, but uh, I mean, you know, after this week, possibly, yeah. I mean, Gurley, Gurley's a monster, but there's there's no reason to start him. I mean, if if he's based on on you know how he's fared in general, and, and this team has fared in general. I don't know if things are really going to change that much. Um, I, I, I just, I just don't know if I see it. Um, I, I mean, Gurley, Gurley's got three touchdowns on the year. He has zero 100-yard rushing games. His highest output game was against Tampa Bay back in week three when he had two yep. of his three touchdowns for 85 yards. Yep. Uh, and then two weeks later, he had 72 yards and one touchdown. You know, those were the only two games. No, I, I take that back. Those two weeks and last week against the Jets were the only games where he's top 20 carries. Um, you know, it's a shame because the, the guy is, is extremely talented. Um, he just has – the unfortunate luck of being on a very bad team. Very, very, very bad team. Yes. I mean, he, he's the 19th ranked running back in PPR leagues right now, but it just doesn't feel that way. I mean, I guess it's hard to take a guy who, you know, a lot of leagues was the number one running back taken. And now he's a 19th running back overall. And he's, you know, he's only scored, Double digits in well in PPR leagues, it's, it's most of his games, but that's that's thanks to the fact that he is catching some passes out of the backfield. But yeah, it's a bad situation, man. Like with Gurley, I mean, I'm real close to be benching him. He he's definitely been knocked down to the the flex range for me in the, in my yeah. rankings. Uh, it so I with mean, Britt the, the, and Tavon, Sorry, you were gonna finish. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say this. The, and you know, Miami's not any kind of slouching defense against the run, but he does have New Orleans next week. Um, he's got Atlanta two weeks from from that, uh, and then he does have San Fran in Week 16. Um, so that could be good for him, but he didn't really do much against San Fran in Week One either. So, um, you know. He has a couple of games that could be bright spots, but there's not really much brightness there to begin with. Yeah. So what do you think about Kenny Britt and Tavon Austin? I mean, with Jared Goff behind the behind center here, are you, are you starting these guys? I mean, Britt's been pretty decent despite the struggles of Case Keenum. Are we just going to – bench him and wait and see are you going to roll the dice and start him this week yeah again if if you don't really have a better option Britt's been good he has been putting up points consistently um you know even Lance Kendricks has kind of 
popped in to be somewhat start worthy the past few weeks aside of aside from this last week he was pretty abysmal but um that's probably because you know i picked him up on my three manager team and and uh you know we just have had a total of 48 points i think for our tight end position this year uh brutal so we pretty much picked him up and and he just screwed everybody but um I think that he could benefit a little bit as, you know, the safety net check down guy um, for golf, but I, I'm just, I'm just not excited about golf at all. I, I just don't yeah. know what he's going to bring to the table. Yeah. It's hard to get excited about a guy who, like I said earlier, was, you know, being, called that he wasn't or we were being told that he wasn't even ready so it, it's really hard to get to get excited about a guy like that um before we get to the the big headline of the, not the headline the big topic of the week that i wanted to cover um new england lost another home game this year man like i feel like that's the first time in forever that they've lost two home games in the same season like it just they never lose home games um yeah this one was in seattle um, I mean, both. This was a fantastic game. This was one of the best games I've seen all year. This was a good game for the. This was a good week for the NFL. Um, and they needed it pretty bad because the product's been poor on the field. So yeah. they needed these, like all these close games, some of these upsets. Like they were all really good, entertaining games, and it was it was nice to see. But going back to this game. The the big take I have from this one is that Russell Wilson looks healthy again. Are we are we going to see something like we saw last year where the Seattle offense was just anemic the first half of the year and then the second half of the year they're like one of the best in the league? Uh, it's highly possible. Um, I, I mean, the, the thing to take from it, like you said, is that he's healthy, he looked healthy, and that is a bad sign for all of Seattle's opponents from here on out, um, especially Philly this week. You know, and that game's in Seattle, which is even worse. Um, if that game was at home for Philly, I may lean towards them because they have beaten and previously undefeated Minnesota and just beat Atlanta at home, who's also been kind of slumping a little bit lately. But um I I think Wilson is looking very sharp and for for as much as we talked down about him a few weeks back, you know, all of that seems to be gone at this point. Um Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see what what comes of it. I mean, you still got Doug Baldwin still only has 100-yard game but he had three touchdowns in that game against New England. So, you know, that's a huge step forward for him. Um, He's got a decently favorable matchup against Philly this weekend. Uh, I mean, they've pretty much given up uh, at least one receiving touchdown um, every week since the bye week. So, uh, you know, that's – consistent but actually only one touchdown aside from against the Giants so 
I think that if, if they get it together and Rawls is, is 100% healthy now and he can, you know, set it off like he was last year, this could be a very dangerous team. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, I mean, that's why I put the topic down and that's why I or put the question down there to ask just because, I mean, this – Look out, everybody! Like they could go on this run like they had last year. Um, the the last little quick take I want to I want to say from this is apparently Dion Lewis was not quite the stash player we all thought he was supposed to be. There is now talk, and I don't know if we should a hundred percent believe it, but you know Belichick did say before last week's game, you know it's going to take some time for him to get on the field. We're not going to take James White. He's done. He's played really well for us. We're not going to take him off the field right away just to put in Deion Lewis. And maybe we do actually need to believe Belichick in this case because he just made him straight up inactive last week. And, yeah, I mean, maybe we don't need to stash him after all. You know, maybe he's – if you did pick him up, maybe he's cuttable. I don't – I don't know. I didn't, I didn't grab him anywhere because he was grabbed in like week – eight in a lot of my leagues. It was kind of crazy. I was like, whoa, I have no idea when this guy's actually returning. And people are just yeah. going to stash him for three weeks. Um, now almost I'm, four, because who knows when he's going to play. Yeah, I mean, I'm still holding out um, on him at least one more week. I mean, he has such a great matchup this week against San Fran. Um, but he's going to play. You know, it. But that's just it. I, you don't know if he's even going to play. Uh, you know, I, I think James White is definitely the benefit for this week. And, and Blount, too. I mean, he had another huge week last week, you know, touchdown-wise. So, I mean, I do like their running game this week um, because of the opponent. But it will be tough to see, you know, if Lewis is going to be involved. I think if he starts to get involved, but, I mean, White really hasn't been involved either the past few weeks. So oh, he hasn't. I mean, I, I don't I don't know what's going on. And, and you don't have, potentially don't have Gronk this week, which we'll talk about. But, I mean, they they got to throw the ball to somebody, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and if they're going to, unless they're just going to pound the ball the whole time and run it, and Brady's going to be, you know, 200 and, 20, 240 yards, maybe two touchdowns, you know, then that's an average day for him. Um, but I think they have to have – they've got to have something, somebody going out of the backfield and catching the ball. Yeah, I mean, if if you've got the room to stash him, you might as well. But if you need the spot, I think he's definitely cuttable. Um I just, I just don't really know. It seems like they've just got a lot of mouths to feed there, you know. Deion Lewis did really yeah. awesome last year when they didn't seem like they trusted uh, Blunt to do a whole lot. So, you know, Deion Lewis was doing everything for him, and it doesn't seem like they need him. And Belichick knows that this year. So, yeah. Anyway, I want to get to the the bigger topic here. We, you know, we spent a, I spent a good bit of time here on these other t- on on these other headlines. So, uh, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to talk a, at length like I wanted to on this, but we should, you know, make sure we get to it. This year, to me, it, it's going to be interesting. And, you know, we'll, we'll do a big season review 
at the end, but I kind of started looking at this a week or two ago where, you know, everybody does the zero running backs. You know, a lot of people took that as their draft strategy this year, maybe not super zero running back, but the, you know, they took a lot of receivers early, but we've seen a ton, a ton of receivers just flop on us and really big named guys too. I'm not talking about the injuries, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about Decker. I'm not talking about uh, walk-ins. I'm not talking about those guys. That stuff you can't do anything about. Injuries are going to happen. I'm not calling injury guys busts. That's not fair. It's my opinion. The guys I want to talk about, and I'll, I want to get your quick take on all these guys. And like, how are you going? How are you handling these guys going forward if they were on your team? I don't think you're cutting any of them, but are you just going to kind of bench them and maybe play matchups? You know, kind of give us to talk us through here. The first guy, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, this is a first round pick in almost every league. He scored two touchdowns this season and got not gotten over 100 yards or scored since week five. Yeah, Hopkins, this week I'm absolutely starting him because of the matchup. I think this could be, you know, the week that sets him off. Here again, it's, you know, similar to the Chicago situation where you have a tremendously talented receiver and a, a subpar quarterback throwing the ball to him. Osweiler's problem is that he's so tall that everybody sees him over the line and he just stares at Hopkins all the time. And the defenses know that that's where he wants to go. So, I mean, he needs to work on that himself and trying to make it a little bit more of a secret. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to make a secret that you're going to go to your number one stud receiver, but I mean, 48 yards, 44 yards against Jacksonville and Detroit, uh, only 36 against Denver. Okay, fine. That's expected. 71 against Indianapolis, uh, 56 against Minnesota, and the touchdown is the last time he scored. I mean, these are not first-round pick numbers uh, at all. I mean, hell, they're barely fourth-round pick numbers. Um, But, I mean, he's got a nice stretch of games here where I think he can really try to put something together, and with Fuller being injured and, and not playing as much either, you know, he's got Oakland, at Oakland, well, really at Mexico City or wherever the game is, um, San Diego, at Green Bay, and then back to Indy, Jacksonville, Cincy, and Tennessee to close out the year. So I'm holding on to him. I'm starting him, uh, not necessarily with confidence, but you got to start him. He's a first-round pick. It's very hard to not start him unless you really have that much better of an option. Yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, I, I, I'm starting him in this this week in the league I have him in. But again, my team's kind of trashed in the in the league I have him in. So, I'm starting him. But you know, I I was on I was on a call, or I was on the radio show, out in Ohio this week or uh, Iowa, sorry, and I got a question from a caller, and it was, I've got Kenny Britt, Rashard Matthews, and Hopkins. 
who I need to pick two. <laughs> and before I remembered that golf was starting, I almost said go with Matthews and, and Britt because they've just been playing better. I mean, that's all there is to it. And it's matchups haven't meant anything for Houston. Osweiler's that bad. So yeah. you know, I said Matthews and then Hopkins, but it's it's getting to that situation where it's like, oof, yeah, you don't know what to do with this guy. And the next guy here, maybe not as bad. I, I know I think Hopkins is is by far the worst on this list, um, mainly because of where he was drafted. But Landry was mm. drafted pretty early too, especially in PPR leads. Um, but he hasn't scored or gotten over 100 yards since week three. You know, he, he's saving people in PPR leagues because he'll catch eight passes and get, like, 70 yards. So it's like, it's, it's okay. Um, everybody was really expecting a lot more from this guy. You know, you're expecting, you know, eight for 120 and maybe a touchdown every other game or something like that. Maybe not every other game, but still. But we're just not getting it from him. You know, now this is now the Jay Ajayi offense. And before it was just nothing. So, yeah. What are you doing with Landry at this point going forward? You know, uh, a little more of the same situation. Not great quarterback, you know, very solid receiver. Uh, I Landry, I think I'm okay with benching. Um I just I don't like Ryan Tannehill that much. I, I don't think he's a very good quarterback. Um, you know, at best he's a bye week plug in if the matchup suits you. Um, that's kind of how I look at him. And and you know they've they've taken the wheels off. They've let Ajayi kind of control that offense right now. So at the same time, Tannehill doesn't necessarily need to do a whole lot, um, but you know, you would hope that he would do better than where, what he's been doing. Um, yeah, I, I bet Landry, I'm okay with benching. Yeah, he's one of those guys I have him in a league where I can't bench him. My team's garbage. I have a couple of those this year. <laughs> um, yeah. Third guy on here, you know, he's probably the closest to Hopkins as far as, you know, major disappointment. You know, had a couple good games early on, but Brandon Marshall, especially now with the quarterback situation, you know, they've they've gone from Fitzpatrick to Geno Smith, Geno Smith gets hurt, back to Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick now to Bryce Petty. And Marshall, it's almost like, you might as well have not played anybody last week if you started Brandon Marshall because he got you, I think it was like one catch for like nothing. I mean, are, are we four hoping that him or Bryce Petty, yards. Was, it, was it four for 15? That's still yeah. so bad. That's still really bad. That's, oh, yeah. It's not, <laughs> um, even in the PPR league, you just got five and a half points off of four catches. Yeah. That's bad. Um, I mean, are are you starting him, hoping that Bryce Petty and him, you know, start working well together? I mean, they Miami's or no? Who 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 did they play last week? L. A. Yeah, L. A. hasn't been the greatest pass defense, so I don't know. I mean, are 
are you starting him, hoping that him and Bryce Petty get it going? Because, I mean, Marshall can be very, very good, as we've seen. Oh, yeah. I, I like Brandon Marshall a lot. Um, and, and, you know, I love what he brings to the table. But now, I mean, this this quarterback situation is completely in flux, and, and I'm going to hear about it for the rest of this season, the rest of, you know, probably my fantasy football career, um, the fact that I took uh, Fitzpatrick over Andy Dalton in my two-quarterback league um, because we couldn't get the vote in from our third manager guy. But, you know, I, I had high expectations for this Jets team coming into this year for for both Fitzpatrick, for Marshall, and for Forte. And Forte's kind of shown up. He had a, about a three, four-week jaunt of – disappointment, but Fitzpatrick's been terrible. Um, you know, he's been a little banged up here and there, but I mean, what are you going to get with Bryce Petty? He didn't do anything against a terrible team. And now they have a bye week to try to get stuff figured out, which probably couldn't have come at a better time for them. Um, but then they're facing new England. Uh, then they're facing Indianapolis they go out to San Francisco, who's looked better. They're still not great, but they're putting up points. Uh, they come back home against Miami, and then they finish out at New England and at home against Buffalo. I, I don't see any game here aside from maybe San Fran where Marshall could put up really good numbers. Indy, maybe, but... I mean, Indy's not great. Indy's bad, and Buffalo's really not good against the pass either, man. So, like, they've actually got Yeah, but it's week 17. It, week 17 doesn't matter in, in wow. 90% of the league. So, You'd Buffalo is surprised at how many questions I get about <clears throat> week 17, and I just laugh, and I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I literally don't answer questions for week 17. I don't even do rankings for week 17 because yeah. I don't care. Like, I'm sorry, but if you're playing uh, week 17, I'll, it'd be very hard for me to answer your questions. Legitimately, because well, I just this don't pay attention. Have, this team's not going to have anything to play for in that game at all. No. I mean, Buffalo Buffalo could. Maybe. But, you know, and he he put up six for, for 101 against Buffalo earlier this year, no touchdown. But, hmm. um, you know, he, he had good numbers. Um, but I, I just – I don't care about Week 17. You know, two games against New England and and – Miami thrown in there, you know, it's three, three tough games to two decent ones. I just, I'm not, I'm not really excited about them. I'm not playing them, you know, especially not week 12. Yeah. I'm I'm not, I'm not really going to go be using Marshall here for the next couple of weeks, you know, especially I'm going to wait and see what happens. And, and honestly, he he could do what like I just did with Macklin in my in my family league where I dropped him. Macklin has been that bad where I dropped Jeremy Macklin. Yeah, because there was no reason to hang on to him. Um, so I, I definitely mean, if, we don't have to talk he, about him. We know what we're doing with him. So the last yeah, guy I have if, here. Sorry, what? I was gonna say if your if your league still has you know trading, you might be able to pawn Marshall off on somebody, but. Uh, I yeah, doubt it. I'm not. I mean, he he's he's three spots ahead of of 
Quincy Inunua, uh in, in my personal league, but 31st uh, to 34th. So, you know, three and a half points separate him. That goes to show you where, where he's at right now. Yeah, so the last guy I have here, and, you know, he, he wasn't drafted nearly as high as these other three, but he got off to the hot start. Everybody thought, oh, he's he's back. You know, he, this is going to be the, the difference maker. The, the, this team needs to get over the hump, and that's Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, since those that that hot start, he hasn't scored or gotten over 100 yards since week four. Um, you know, Carolina's offense has kind of come on the last couple of weeks, but he just hasn't really been the reason why. Um, are you hanging on to him, hoping that Cam and him can reconnect here? Uh, you benching him for the time being? Yeah, I... I'm gonna hang on to him for now. I'm I I might even probably start him tomorrow. Um, just because it's probably gonna be a pretty strong game, shootout game. Um you know, he did put up eight for eighty six against uh I'm sorry, against New Orleans back in week six. Um so I you know, I'm I, I would look for him this week. You know, he still has these fumble problems. Um, that that's kind of plagued them all year, um, and even before this year, really. I mean, we we talked about it in the beginning of the season about his, you know, inability to hold onto the ball or or catch everything that comes his way. Um, but I mean, who are who are your other options here? You've got Ted Ginn, who has zero. 100-yard games. Hell, he doesn't even have a 60-yard game. I take that back, 62 against Minnesota. Um, That's his best game, yardage-wise. He has no receiving touchdowns. Devin Funches, who was kind of a sleeper guy earlier in the year, um, three touchdowns. Again, nothing over 60 yards and not a lot of receptions. You know, Corey, Philly Brown, whatever you want to call him, one touchdown, nothing. I mean, th- there's n- nobody. I mean, this team basically lives and dies by Cam Newton at this point. Um, you know, and Jonathan Stewart's been okay, but that's it. That's all this team has and, and their defense. So I'm still holding on to them. I mean, they- they've got two really good weeks in a row against New Orleans and Oakland. Then they go out to Seattle, but then they're back against San Diego. You know, Washington, Atlanta, Tampa Bay to to finish out the season. So, kind of half and half. But you know, I I hope that he can put it together and and figure something out. I mean, they've got to be able to throw the ball somewhere. Aside from Greg Olson, I, I'm sorry, I apologize. I forgot about Greg Olson. Yeah, I was going to so say Olsen, Olsen's definitely the guy. The, yeah, he, he's he's a monster. Um, so, uh, you yeah, know, so, it's a shame. A buddy of mine has both Hopkins and Benjamin on his squad and Gurley, who we were just talking about. So he somehow managed to be 5-5 uh, five and five so far. Ooh, yeah. That's, that's uh, the rest of the team must be pretty good. 
Or he's getting lucky. Uh, Manning, Gurley, Crowell, Crowell, however you say it, Hopkins, Benjamin. Uh, he also has Baldwin, who we were talking about. Mike yeah. Evans, Ajaye. So yeah, he's he's got some solid guys. He's got he's had some big weeks that have propelled him. Yeah, you can tell there with a couple yeah. of those guys. But yeah, so the whole point of that discussion was to kind of prove to everybody that maybe the receivers that we thought were more dependable this year and you can rely on them more. Maybe it wasn't quite, I mean, if you really look past the top, you know, six to eight top receivers in your league, you start getting into guys that were drafted much, much later. And if you had drafted those guys along with some of the stud running backs that you could have gotten in the first couple rounds, minus Gurley, you know, if you'd gotten David Johnson, you know, had you gotten some of these guys that you can rely on more and you're not having to deal with trying to guess on the committee approach, you know, maybe that would have been the better approach this year. We'll dive into a lot of that later, I think, in the off season when we have the whole season to look at. Um, but I was listening to, I think, Jeff Manns from the Fantasy Alarm Show, and he, he's real riled up, but, you know, he – he made a really good point. He goes, you see, you'll see articles come out later after the year, and it's like, oh, zero running back theory. Had you done it right, you would have gotten, you know, Tim Hightower in this week and Robert Kelly in this week when he blew up. And it's like, no, nobody would have started those guys the random week that they blew up because it was so unexpected, yeah. Robert Kelly, the week that Matt Jones fumbled twice to bust off for what he did the the week that Tim Hightower blew up because Mark Ingram fumbled in the first the first snap of the game or whatever it was to do what he did nobody expected any of this so you weren't starting him unless you're in a 20 man league that ha- starts three running backs you're not playing these guys so the fact that people are going to come out and say that and you'll see these articles all over the place you will you absolutely see it you'll see it with the quarterback article you'll see oh if you had started this guy this week and this guy this week and had you streamed quarterbacks you would have outperformed tom brady you know or you know drew Brees. and it's like yeah but nobody's doing that nobody can guess it that perfectly it's impossible so he made a really good point and so it got me thinking about this and i wanted to point out some of these you know these wide receivers that aren't doing what we expected them to do. And now we're all like holding on to him and going, I can't cut DeAndre Hopkins. Can I, Mm, maybe you can, you know, there's guys out there like Jameson Crowder who is still under owned in my opinion. Yeah. He, you can start Jameson Crowder over Hopkins and be plenty fine with it. And we'll, we'll get to that. But, Anyway, we are running out of show, so we have to go fairly quickly here, unfortunately. Um, So quick injuries, um, quarterbacks, there's nothing. RG3 clear to practice. Nobody cares. Uh, I know, right? Um, Running backs, Jonathan Stewart, undisclosed injury, hasn't practiced this week, but they're still saying he's probably likely to play, but something to keep an eye on. Todd Gurley. I think it's a thigh contusion, but he's still likely to play. You know, he's just kind of sitting out this practice to healing up. Wide receivers, Will Fuller, uh, he hasn't played in a couple of weeks. It's been kind of disappointing in the last couple of weeks he did play, thanks to Osweiler. 
but he did practice today, so it's good news. You know, maybe that'll actually help out both of them because, you know, they won't just be able to triple cover Hopkins anymore. They got to look out for Fuller. Uh, Jeremy Macklin, as I said, and then um, he – He's, but he's dealing with a groin injury too. He's week to week. He sat out last week, but I think, I honestly, I think Macklin's cuttable in, in most leagues. He's just not getting it done. Sammy Coates, somebody who a lot of people got excited about, including me and I think you, he's put yep. up goose eggs in three out of the last four weeks, and nobody really knows why. Well, now we do. He has two broken fingers in one of his hands, I forget which one. Uh, the guy can't catch the ball. Why is he out there? It's catching hand. Yeah, it's catching hand. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I actually almost said that, uh, and then I was like, "We can't actually say that." So anyway, he his two broken fingers in his hand. He can't catch the ball. Uh, just drop him. Unless you're in a dynasty league, drop him. It's not worth hanging on to. In fact, actually, if you're in a dynasty league, it may not matter because Martavis Bryant's coming back next year, and Sammy Coates will go back to being wide receiver three. And wide receiver threes in this offense don't do anything. So it doesn't matter. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, shoulder injury. He did practice today. He was out last week. So if he plays, that's going to bump Crowder and Garcon down a notch. So that's something to keep an eye on. The big injury, and you kind of alluded to it earlier, not that it's a big surprise, everybody knows about it by now, uh, is Gronkowski. He was knocked the F out on on Sunday night, and he uh, I, did, he didn't come back in the game, I don't think. And <clears throat> the first reports were that he had a punctured lung, but now they're saying a perf- perforated lung or whatever. Uh, who knows? Something bad. It just sounds awful. And he's not even cleared for air travel. Like, the high altitude apparently is going to affect him, and he can't travel with the team or something. So my guess is he doesn't play this week. So Martellus Bennett's going to be a big pickup if he's been dropped in your league. I know that you just grabbed him in our league. and uh, right. I mean, I, I was thinking about picking him up, but I I didn't want to blow any of my – the guys I have for a one-week fill-in, although I probably should have since I desperately need wins. You're the one that um, needs the one-week fill-in more than I do. <laughs> that, that's true, but I, I've got Eric Ebron. I'm I'm okay with him. You know, like yeah, no, I think, I think he'll have Ebron. a like, decent week. And I had, I think you've got like Kyle Rudolph and like Fedorowicz or whatever his name is. Like I might have gone for mm-hmm. Bennett. You know, I'm, but I've got Ebron. I feel like he's been performing well so I'm, I'm happy with him uh, that's why I didn't do it so anyway so those are the injuries um, I'll let you run through the pickups here real quick alright yeah we kind of already talked about some of these guys running back wise you got CJ Procise um, uh, Jeremy Langford is another big one with uh, potential injury issues that uh, are and are not present with um, Jordan Howard uh, he practiced he today. A, yeah, he practiced. So, you know, Langford is kind of a stretch. Uh, Kenneth Dixon is another uh, kind of sneaky pickup here. Um, see if he can um, work his way into the game plan a little bit, a little bit more. 
Um, wide receivers, we already talked about Cam Meredith. Um, Eli Rogers is another good one to look at. Had a pretty yeah, a decent game. I think he had a touchdown last week. Um, not a whole lot of targets, but if Coates is out, you know, we've kind of talked about the two of them throughout the season. So he's a guy to keep an eye on. Robert Woods um, coming off a, a monster game. Um, you know, he, he looks like he could be someone that's that's definitely worth the add uh, for Buffalo. Um, ten, 10 receptions and 162 yards last week. No, I'm sorry, uh, in week nine. Uh, they were on the bye last week. Right. Uh, against Seattle. So definitely uh, worthwhile against Cincinnati. Then he's got Jacksonville at Oakland. We've already talked about those teams. Um, so he could be worth a, a good play. But another interesting guy that you had listed here is his teammate, Mr. Sammy Watkins, uh, as a potential stash play uh, for for Buffalo's favorable um, playoff schedule. Keep an eye on Watkins, see what his deal is and when he's looking to get back. Um, I mean, aside from the Pittsburgh matchup in week 14, which is exploitable, um, you know, they, they've got favorable matchups all throughout the rest of the season. Um, quarterback to pick up, take a look at is uh, Kaepernick. Tight end, we already talked about Martellus Bennett and also uh, Ladarius Green is another potential good snag. So, and, 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 I, and, I, and I want to say, I want to say one quick thing about Kaepernick, and I know a lot of people are going to go, really? Kaepernick? He's bad. Yeah, he's a horrible NFL quarterback. Don't get me wrong. But for fantasy purposes, he is definitely getting the job done. And he, you know, he he scored over 20 points the the last two weeks in fantasy. Uh, Granted, it was against uh, New Orleans. But this past week, it was against Arizona. There are no slouches. This week he gets yeah. New England, and everybody's going to go, oh, New England's going to shut him down, blah, blah, blah. New England's defense nope. isn't very good, especially against the pass. DVOA has them ranked number – I need to find them where they go uh, – number 27 against the pass. Now, of course, the pass isn't really his thing, but he can get you, know, he can get you 200-plus yards – and the 49ers are going to get smoked in this game. Let's let's nobody even think the 49ers are going to have a chance. He's going to have to drop back and pass a million times in this game, and he'll probably run a half of those times. So he's going to rack up the points. I have, I he could possibly be a top ten quarterback this week if if it just plays out. Like I think he just get total garbage time. So. You know, Kaepernick's a pickup kind of as a streamer play this week, just based off matchups alone. So I just kind of wanted to throw that in there. Okay. Uh, uh, well, that moves us on to our uh, looking towards this week. Um, we can let's let's skip the first part, the best and worst fantasy games, and just run right into sleepers and busts. Because I have Mr. Colin Kaepernick as my sleeper quarterback, so thanks for all of the reasons why he's my sleeper quarterback. Ah, there you um, go. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's gonna he's been very 
very startable the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, even against a, a weaker Tampa Bay team in his second game back, you know, he still put up 143 yards, a touchdown. He did have an interception and a fumble in that game. Um, and that, that was his worst game so far. But he put up almost 400 yards against New Orleans, two touchdowns, again, an interception and a fumble. Um, I mean, there's not really much not to like there. I mean, the turnovers you don't like, obviously, but if he's putting up numbers and he's finally seems like he's getting a connection going with uh, Jeremy Curley. So I look for Curley to potentially have another decent outing this week against New England too, because somebody again is going to be catching the ball if he's out there scrambling and trying to somehow catch back up in this game. So love Kaepernick this week. Um, My running back, I, I don't, necessarily love this pick but I'm going to go with it because I I, want to hold out some hope for this guy yet Uh, Rashad Jennings um, he did show some flashes on Monday night finally Um, you know he's been overall a pretty big disappointment this year Um, but he he finally had 15 carries uh, his second highest total of the season since week one um, and his second highest yardage output at 87. Um, still only has one rushing touchdown, but, you know, he's got a favorable um, or not not as favorable a matchup, I'm sorry, against Chicago. But we saw what Tampa Bay did to Chicago last week. Um, so I, I'm looking for Jennings to kind of keep it rolling a little bit um, and at least have the opportunity. And I'm sticking with the Giants on my receiver as well. Uh, I really like Sterling Shepard this weekend. Um, He's coming off of, I believe, two straight games with touchdowns, maybe three. Um, And he's not getting a whole lot of action, but he's the next option behind, obviously, Odell Beckham. You know, they're going to try to focus on him and try to stop him. Good luck. But, Shepard's been he's been pretty pretty serviceable for for most of the season. Started off hot and then had a couple, you know, low to mediocre weeks. But the last two weeks, like I said, he's got, you know, two touchdowns. You know, one each week. So I think he can definitely keep that going against a very very weak Chicago pass defense. Um, so that's that's my sleepers for this week. Yeah, I, I like uh, obviously I like Kaepernick. I like Shepard Jennings. Yeah, I don't know what to think about him, but yeah, well, like I said, I, it's kind I, of a yes. Sometimes it's hard to pick him out. I I had trouble with my sleeper running back too. So my sleeper quarterback, I thought about putting Kaepernick down, and I'm glad I didn't because as, as you 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 wrote him down. Mine's gonna be Andy Dalton. And I know for some reason a lot of people look at the Buffalo defense and think, you know, they're one of the better pass defenses, and they're just they're just not. I mean, I, I don't know what else there is to say about this, but, you know, DVOA has them ranked at number 23 overall. That's that's not good. I mean, their, their rush defense isn't good either. Um, so, like, they're just, their defense overall is not good. You, you think with – you think with these – with um, their coaches, 
that they're known for, you know, the Ryans. They're they're known for defense, but it's just not happening this year. So, Andy Dalton, I think, can come back and he can have an, a, a a bounce back game after being kind of disappointing uh, two weeks or was last week or two weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. th- this past week, oh, when we played oh, the Giants. No, this past yeah. yeah, this past week was was kind yeah, of yeah, it w- wasn't wasn't great this week. So. Uh, I think he can get back to his, you know, normal twenty twenty two range, which is it's very good. Um, so you know, you're looking for that there with him. My sleeper running back is going to be Kenneth Dixon, and we talked about him being a pickup this week. If he is still out there, I think you go get him. Dallas's defense is good. I mean, don't get me wrong; they're well, at least against the run. They're very good against the run. Uh, I believe they rank sixth overall in DVOA against the run. But what they are not very good at is defending the pass. And that goes right into defending running backs who catch the pass. They are 22nd against pass catching running backs. So Kenneth Dixon is going to take advantage of that. I mean, he caught six passes this past weekend and in like basically his first real game. I mean, I, I know he's played a couple other games, but this is this was the game where he got a lot more workload. It felt like than any other week. Uh, he was really involved with the game and the and the and the game flow. He caught five passes for 42. I know it was Cleveland, but look out for Kenneth Dixon. It seems like he's starting to kind of take over for. Terrence West here, just just slightly. Um, my receiver here, and this is not this is not a stab at you. Don't worry. Is Marquise Lee? Um, <laughs> they, the Jaguars uh, have a great matchup this week. I mean, don't get me wrong. Everybody, everybody for the Jaguars should should do fairly well. The Lions are basically pathetic against against uh, the pass. Um, you know, against number one receivers, 22nd. Against number two receivers, 15th. So if Hearns plays, that's, that's going to hurt him more than anybody. Against every other wide receiver, dead last, Detroit. So if Marquise Lee, if Hearns is healthy and plays, then Marquise Lee is going to be in that other wide receiver category, and he's going up against Apparently nobody. So we can see him really outperforming Hearns once again. So if you're trying to guess who's going to be better this week, Hearns or Lee, good luck. Uh, my guess would be Lee. So I like Lee to, to bounce back. And I'll run through my bus here a little bit faster. So my, my bus is going to be Stafford. Um, you know, Jacksonville's pass defense has, it hasn't been as bad as everybody thinks. Um, they, they've kind of slowed down some teams, and maybe it's because they get so far behind the teams start running on them a little bit more. But, you know, they just don't let up the eye-gouging stats that you would expect a Jacksonville defense to, to let up. Um, running back is Gurley. I feel like I've put him on here a lot, but it's just – it's not good. We talked about it before. Jared Goff isn't going to help it at all, I don't think. And then my bust, Hopkins, I mean, I just – I have a hard time believing in Osweiler. We've we've talked about that at length, so that's all I got there. Yeah, my uh, 
my bust picks here. I've, uh, you know, we we already talked about Mr. Prescott, but I think Baltimore is going to come into this game and they're going to surprise some people. I, I don't know if they're necessarily going to win. If I have that much faith in them going to Dallas to win, um, especially with as hot as Dallas has been. But I think they're going to keep the game competitive, and I think they're going to keep Prescott in check. I think Dallas is going to just feed the rock to uh, Elliott and try to get him going early and often. Um, and Prescott didn't have a, a overwhelming game last week against Pittsburgh. Um I mean, he played well. It just the stats weren't really mind-blowing from a fantasy standpoint. So I can see him kind of falling short again. Um, but, uh, you know, if you have him, you're most likely starting him. I just wouldn't expect a whole lot out of him. Um, and then my running back, I actually have Jay Ajayi listed here. For as bad as L.A. has been and as much as we've beaten them down throughout this show, <laughs> they actually have a very strong run defense. So they do. I, I don't I don't necessarily see Ajayi putting up one of his, you know, signature two hundred yard games this week. No. Um I, I do think that, you know, this is gonna be a week where he he, you know, kinda gets shut down a little bit. Um and then my receiver bust is uh Mr. Amari Cooper. Uh Houston is is third, I believe, against the pass. Um, and, I mean, he, he got shut down against Denver. Obviously, again, that's that's expected. But it was without Tlaib um, in, in the game. So, um, I just – I think this game could potentially get into shootout mode. Um, but I, I, I think Crabtree is going to benefit more than – than Cooper will personally. All right. So yeah, those are our sleeper and busts for the week. Uh, you know, use those. These are these are honestly these are more for DFS. You know, than anything. You know, it's hard it's hard to say sleepers and busts because none of these a lot of these guys aren't really available in your league to be able to just go pick up and plug in. But you know, keep that in mind when you're when you're playing. So yeah. That's the worst fantasy game since we skipped it. I, I really like the Thursday night game. I like the Carolina uh, New Orleans game, but I, I, I don't want to say that one because if if this is more for DFS, I think a lot less people play the Thursday night slate than just the pure Sunday slate. So I'm going to say Green Bay and Washington. Um, both offenses are are. Are, are clicking right now. Well, the Green Bay struggling a little bit. No run game, but you know Washington's offense is 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 firing on all cylinders, especially through the air, and that's Green Bay's weakness. So, um, I, I just I just think this is going to be a high scoring game. Although I do like yours, this was my second. So, yeah, my um, my best game here is is the Tennessee Indy game. Uh, this was a, a back-and-forth shootout the, the first time they met um, a few weeks back. I mean, we've seen what Marcus Mariota has done the past couple weeks. He's just been, you know, a force on the field. So 
I can definitely see him having another very solid game. Um, and, and, I mean, even guys like Richard Matthews have been putting up points, um, you know, the past couple of weeks and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Mariota's had, you know, he, he's just been on a tear completely. I mean, he's been kind of down earlier in the season. He started off real slow, but, I mean, he's definitely picked it back up. Um, like I said, Matthews is, uh, you know, the past three weeks and four, uh, five of the past six weeks, uh, you know, he's got a touchdown every week except for week seven, which surprisingly was against Indy. Um, but I think he can find the end zone again. Um, two back-to-back 63-yard weeks. Um, you know, and and you got uh, Delaney Walker, who's, you know, the second-best tight end in the league. So uh, he's coming off a real big game against Green Bay. Um, so I, I, I just like this game all around. I think, you know, Indy is coming off a bye. They're going to be well-rested for it. They're going to be ready. So, um, my worst fantasy game, and and you kind of talked a little bit about it as far as the Jacksonville standpoint, but I think Jacksonville, Detroit. I'm I'm just not really excited about this game. Yeah, our guy's going to be able to get you points, but uh, you know, I mean, you had Stafford as a bust, and then Marquise Lee as your sleeper. So, is it going to be more of a one-sided game? I, I don't know. I just don't. I'm not very uh, very intrigued by this game. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not thrilled about the Jacksonville Detroit game, but um, yeah, I'm still probably starting way too many players in that game. Um, my big one, Miami LA. Uh, as we talked, you know, Miami's your your bust is JJ, and and I've kind of got him ranked a little lower too, but. You know, Ellie's run defense is good. That's Miami's strength right now is running the ball. Um, maybe that opens it up for Landry because that's what you can exploit with L.A. is is their secondary. Um, but Miami's defense has been crazy good the last two weeks, and it's just – I can't imagine it not being even better this week against Jared Goff and, and the poor LA Rams offense. So sorry to kind of, yeah. you know, kick them while they're down a little bit more, but <laughs> sorry, LA it's not going to be a good week or yeah. a good end of the year for you. I don't think. So anyway, that's, that's what we've got for you. Um, got a couple of Twitter questions here we can get to. So the first one here is from Danimal Reinhardt, Crowder or Hopkins this week? And it's funny because I, I think I already answered this by accident uh, earlier in the show. And honestly, if it's PPR, I wouldn't be opposed with going with Crowder. Um, but I still think I'm going with Hopkins overall, especially if Deshaun Jackson's back. Now, if Deshaun Jackson sits, that, might, that would change the story. I think I would – think I would lean Crowder. Yeah, I, I like Hopkins this week. I've already said that. Um, you know, he's this is his game that he can get back on a roll with, so I definitely like him this week. Yeah, I mean, Oakland, Oakland is 
pretty bad against the pass. So you definitely have you definitely have a point there. Although I will say, against number one receivers, Oakland number seven according to DVOA. So let's not be so sure about that. <laughs> um, I, I actually just looked that up. I didn't think to look that up earlier, but yeah, that's that's not good. <laughs> So no, definitely not. Maybe, maybe don't be too high on him. So I'll stick with my answer though. I'll still go with Hopkins over Crowder if Djax plays. If if he sits, I'll go with Crowder. Um, Super Twelve Joe, our good friend, who constantly asks me questions on Twitter, and I love it. Don't don't stop. Um, half point PPR, Steve Smith or Devonta Adams. Devante, right? He wrote Devonta. <laughs> Didn't even catch that till just now. That's that's wrong, isn't it? Uh, anyway, uh, what, do you, what do you think? I half point PPR. I kind of like. I mean, I like both guys. It's kind of a tough call, but I think I'm gonna lean against Adams um, against? or with 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 Adams. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, it's yeah, it's Devante with an E. Um, yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, that sounds weird saying Devonta. I didn't feel like that was right, but okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he had a huge game last week against Tennessee. I, I just think that you know he is their deep threat. Um, he he's gonna get he's gonna get targets. He's gonna get yardage. Um, you know, it looks like Jordy Nelson is back in the mix and playing pretty well the past few weeks. Um, that could cut into it, but it, I still feel like he's just not getting as many targets. Um, I like Adams. Yeah, I do too. That's that's what I said. I said definitely. Um, I definitely think. Uh, Adams is, is the way to go this week. So, all right. Well, that's all the show that I've got. You got anything else to add? No, that's uh, that's pretty much all I got. All right. Well, everybody have a good luck in week 11, unless you're playing me. And uh, we will be back next week. All right. Take it easy.